I've only called in sick once in my whole life. And I was like 20 and I went to a Guns N' Roses concert and I felt bad the whole time. But I had to do it with my buddies. I never did it again. And seriously, like I have to be on my deathbed if I'm not going to come to work. Um, so I just have that instilled in me. And I like actually making mistakes, not making the same mistakes twice, but I like making mistakes because I learn from them. Welcome to ProCo 360. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. This show connects people who love Colorado with the stories and lessons of Colorado's world-class entrepreneurs. All my guests believe that Colorado is different, that success feels different here. That's why ProCo 360's tagline is live, work, love Colorado. This episode is extra special. We're here at Tag Restaurant, the flagship of the Tag Restaurant Group, and I'm sitting next to Restaurant Royalty. So there you, <laughs> there you go. Chef Troy Gard, CEO. And in front of me and Troy is a sold out live audience. There they are. Dang. Tag Restaurant Group is a Colorado-based collection that has garnered local and national attention and accolades. Tag has eight concepts in 12 Denver locations. This fall, Tag's expanding outside of Colorado and will also launch a new commissary concept. Troy and I are going to talk about that, about the restaurant business, and my biggest question, why anyone in his right mind would do everything you're doing, so that we'll save that one for last. All this is made possible because of generous sponsors. Community Banks of Colorado is sponsoring this live event. MicroStar Keg Logistics, Kinsley Meetings, and Total Coaching Systems also are great sponsors of ProCo 360. So, and we got a couple of them here. Where's MicroStar Keg Logistics? Thank you. Kendall Coleman is here with Chris from Total Coaching Systems. Really appreciate your support. Thanks also to the Colorado Chamber of Commerce for its support for me and ProCo 360. So let's get into... Let's get into the show by starting with sort of the backstory of how you got into the restaurant business to begin with, Troy. Sure. Thanks. Of, thank you first, all of you, for coming today. Hopefully it won't be a whiteout by the time we get done here, right? Yeah. Need you to speak into the mic. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, where should I start? Well, with the backstory. I'm I mean, how'd you get years into, old. Yeah, but how'd you get um, into I'm the restaurant Taurus. business? <laughs> um, <laughs> We're not dating. So how'd you get into the business? Um, Funny story, uh, I grew up in Hawaii. I was born in Hawaii. When I was seven, my parents split, and then we moved to Seattle. And then um, when I was 13, my next-door neighbor had a sandwich shop. And uh, he's like, hey, you want to make some extra money? It's three bucks an hour. I was like, yeah, let's do this, right? Um, I had a paper route when I was a kid. I'm the oldest of five kids, so... While my parents took really great care of us, if I wanted anything else outside of the, the normal stuff, I had to work for it and earn, earn it. So, yeah, I went in there and had a good time. And then we moved to San Diego when I was 14, um, you know, did the high school stuff. And then when I was 16, my parents said, OK, you got to get a job. And uh, I went down to the nearest um, restaurant and it was called Coco's. Um, I don't know if anybody knows Coco's. It was an awesome restaurant. I think they're not doing too well anymore. But uh, they had great pies. And I started there as a dishwasher. So 16 years old, started as a dishwasher. And then I moved my way up to the busboy and, you know, cleared all the tables. And the waitresses loved me because I was fast. And I made all a bunch of tips. But there was something about the kitchen that drew me to those guys. It was like, I want to be part of those band of brothers back there, those pirates. 
And so once I did get back there, I loved what I did. I never knew that I wanted to do it for a living. Uh, graduated high school, went to a two-year college, Palomar College in San Marcos, and still worked and um, went to school. And then it wasn't until I was 21, um, I met this guy named Roy Yamaguchi in Hawaii. And uh, so I went to work for him. Anybody know Roy's restaurant? They used to have one in Cherry Creek. And uh, he's kind of the father of East Meets West. He's the James Beard Award. Um, uh, I just, I, when I went to eat at his restaurant, it blew me away. Again, there's no Google. There's no computers back then. It was like a phone book and a word of mouth. And everyone said he had the best restaurant. So I went there and, you know, things that I had never heard of, uh, lemongrass or kefir lime leaves or apaca paca and all this crazy stuff. But when I ate it, it just blew, blew my mind away. So um, went and worked for him, ended up working for him for eight years. And he sent me all over the place. I opened restaurants in Tokyo, um, New York, uh, Japan, or Tokyo is Japan, Hong Kong. Uh-huh. And then um, just really kind of took off from there. But oh. I've, I've worked kind of everywhere around the world. And I don't think, I think I'd still be pretty good at what I do, but I think the diversity of living in uh, different countries, um, I didn't speak Japanese or Chinese or, uh, you know, any of those languages. And it was really, really tough. Um, At some points I would cry myself to sleep and I'm like, what am I doing here? But I stuck with it and I think it made me a better person. Also, I tried to work for the best people. So Coco's, even though it's like a Denny's, it's, you know, a big chain. And, um, you know, I learned a lot of culture there. Um, you know, employee of the year there, rock star of the month. So I, 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 um, I worked really, really hard. I actually got fired from that job after four years. Why'd you get, uh, why'd you get fired? If you're the um, rock star, you work really hard. Cause I'm a, I'm a badass. but, uh, I saw my friends, they were in the restaurant. I'm like, Oh, Hey, what's up guys? I'm like, oh, I'm going to style them out. Right. So I, I literally, I'm not even joking. <clears throat> I put two pieces of bacon on this burger, sent it out. The manager came back, looked at the ticket. Oh, that's, uh, hey, where's the bacon? Oh, I just sent it out to my friends. No, that's stealing. You're fired. I'm like, wow. four years. It so with that, me, taught yeah. me a huge, huge lesson. I don't take anything for granted. It's not my money. Even anyone here, I'll, I don't mind people asking for a drink, um, a Coke, uh, food or anything, but I try to instill that too. Like if everyone in the restaurant just grabbed two pieces of bacon every day, Shit adds up, right? Yeah. yeah. So, again, I had to learn the hard way. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad it happened to me at that young age. So it's from 16 yeah. to 20. Um, again, I thought I knew everything and I so was that, untouchable because I was the best cook. But yeah. um, So that actually is one of the things I, I wanted to talk with you about specifically is making that mind shift from being an employee to being the CEO, whereas the employee giving away a couple of pieces of bacon is no big deal. As the CEO, that shit adds up. It does. <laughs> so how I do mean, you there's make only that so much. There's only a hundred pennies in a dollar, right? So uh, I only make a few of those, and um, obviously we try to make as much as we can. We take a dollar bill, and I think there's a sign upstairs, and we rip it in certain portions, and then this little portions right here is what the owner makes, right? And again, I'm not saying, hey, look at me, I, I don't make much. I make I make great money, but. The difficult thing is balancing it all out all the, all the time, right? Everybody thinks 
um, uh, it's, it's easy to do. There are so many moving pieces to this. Uh, I wish I would have been a lawyer or something different because it's really difficult, but it grabbed me at an early age. I'm very passionate about what I yeah, do. Yeah, but are you passionate about being a restaurateur, about starting a restaurant, or are you passionate about being a businessman with lots of restaurants and building a uh, What's well, changed over the years at 16, I just wanted to uh, <clears throat> cook good food, have gas money and beer money, right? And then as you get older, now I'm, I'm developed into a different aspect. Now I'm the CEO. At one stage, I'm the chef, owner of one restaurant. Now we have 12 restaurants, $30 million revenue, which, um, you know, happy to say I never went to culinary school for, which is a school of hard knocks. Mm-hmm. And um, learning on the fly and making mistakes and making good decisions and having great team around me. Um, so now I like the different hat that I wear and, um, you know, I'm looking for the best deals, how to shave off pennies, how to continue to grow our team, how to branch out outside of Colorado, how to continue to do philanthropic work all the time, uh, working with the community. So it's, it's gone above and beyond Flipping a burger yeah. every day. Yeah, but I mean, you know, a lot of people in this room have started their own businesses, have small companies. To make the transition from being an employee to then, you know, uh, the owner of a single company, a single restaurant, right, to then being like 12 restaurants and now you're, I mean, how did you <clears throat> make that mental shift? Because it's a, it's a mental shift right. too. It's not just, you don't automatically have this smooth trajectory, Right. I think there's a lot of bumps and bruises along the way. Everybody probably knows that as well. Um, <clears throat> it's never easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. And I like actually making mistakes, not making the same mistakes twice, but I like making mistakes because I learn from them and I get better at it and get more efficient or learn something from it. And so I'm always trying to put myself out there, push the boundaries, talk to a ton of people who are successful and who have done it. I'm on the phone constantly with people, meeting people, talking to people. So who do you admire? Who's helped you like really give you an answer that you didn't? Um, Well, before I opened Tag Restaurant, there's a gentleman named John Imergamo, who's a big PR marketing guy here in Denver. He does Rioja and um, Jennifer's Places. I'm not sure if he does anyone else's because she's got a lot now. But he used to do a bunch, Panzano and Elway's and a whole bunch. And he's been a restaurateur. He's been in Denver, uh, I, I think, most of his life. A few people know him. Great guy. And I picked his brain. I went to Jennifer, who opened her restaurant. Hey, tell me some things. I went to Josh Wolken. Um, obviously, I called my old mentor, Roy Yamaguchi. Um, I worked at this restaurant, Tao, in New York, which um, anybody been to Tao restaurant in Vegas or New York? It's awesome, right? I was the chef there when it opened. It did $25 million a year. I mean, my mind was blown. Like, $25 million? That's a lot of people every yeah, night, yeah. right? Um, so, you know, I picked those guys' brain. Yeah. So is it, I mean, these are going to be your competitors too. If you open a restaurant on market or on Larimer, right. these people you're asking for advice are going to be your competitors. Right. So that's they okay. Me. No, <laughs> <clears throat> they were all gracious and some people don't open up a lot. 
I don't really yeah. care for people like that. It's like we all learn from someone, right? We're all trying to give back, pay it forward. And this person has an Italian. I'm not going to do Italian. Mm-hmm. Now, if I was doing Italian, yeah. I'm asking the Italian person, then that's a different story. A but yeah, to yeah. me, every time I hear something's coming on Larimer, I get excited. That means more people coming down here. And if if I'm afraid or upset that more people or another restaurant's coming down there, then I'm probably not doing a good job. Yeah. I, it keeps yeah. me, I got to make sure that I'm on my toes and I'm doing the best hospitality I can. So, so we all have strengths. And as you evolve from restaurant worker to owner of a single restaurant to now being CEO, a tag restaurant group, what, what do you think are the strengths that you rely on that you're putting to, to work every day? Um, great question. Strengths. Um, my team, you know, I, uh, I, I mean, can't, you're, you're I, personal, I can't be everywhere yeah, every but I'm single thinking day. Of you, you personally, like we all have attributes and skills and gifts and right. all that kind of, what do you think are things I'm that very detailed on? oriented. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. some people might call it micromanaging. I have, I've got my finger on the pulse on everything. Like I can see it before it happens. And it's like, Oh, how did Troy see that? How did Troy mm-hmm. know that? It's like, I, I just, I know it. I've got mm-hmm. intuition, you know, I got, um, <clears throat> just something about that. And it was real funny. Um, I worked for a guy in Hawaii. He was my sous chef with Roy's and I was, you know, 21, he was 35 or something. And years later I worked at Tao in New York and he came knocking on my door. Hey, I need a job as a sous chef. It's like, dude, what have you been doing? You know what I mean? Just doing the same old thing. And now here I was the chef but I brought him on board. He's like, you know, something about you, you just see everything. I'm just, I got this clock in my brain. It's like, okay, it's been a minute. I got to go check this. So it's been five minutes. I got to go there. These two ladies are laughing because they work with us in the restaurant and they're probably saying, yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> but um, that's what I do. I just, I try to be as many places as possible. I do love that the staff really take the vision and run with it. But I do like to follow up and um, check on things, congratulate people. But um, I think if you, at least for me, I don't want to forget where I came from and how hard it was to get here. I could lose it any day. If people don't come into my restaurant today, I don't make money. So how do I get them back here? There's so many amazing other restaurants out there. So last question about sort of your journey, this transition of becoming a CEO. Do you think it's harder to to go from being a, a chef into a businessman? Or do you think it's tougher for a businessman to decide, businesswoman <laughs> to get, decide to get into the restaurant business? Uh, I've seen some people change their careers and say, oh, I'm, I'm a, I want to be a chef or something. I think that's great. It's uh, no matter what you do, you got to have passion for it, right? It's any job, uh, if you want to be successful at it, takes a lot of time, a lot of energy, um, a lot of emotions. So um, cooking's not for everybody. Um, I've, I've lost a lot of time with family, um, a lot of holidays, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, even I've got three kids and I try to balance and juggle everything out. Like yesterday, um, I took uh, my daughter to school and drop her off at 8.30, work all day, go home at 5.30, beat traffic, drive 30 minutes to Stapleton, hang out with my three kids for 30 minutes, drive back to work and work till 11. So even that 30 minutes to me means a lot. And hopefully it means a lot to the kids as well, but you got to balance that out. So an hour in the car to hang for 30 minutes to me, it's kind of crazy sometimes, but it's worth it. I have to do it. 
Hey, want to remind listeners, this is Proco 360. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. This is the show featuring world-class entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. I'm speaking with Troy Gard of Tag Restaurant Group and a live audience. A little slow on the uptake there, live audience. We'll get better. So, uh, but thank you. And if you want to be invited to live events, be sure to go to Proco 360 and subscribe. All this is possible because of generous sponsors, Community Banks of Colorado, who sponsored this event, MicroStar Keg Logistics, Kinsley Meetings, and Total Coaching Systems. These great companies support Colorado entrepreneurs and they support this show. Thanks also to the Colorado Chamber of Commerce for its for its support for me and Proco 360. And I want to shift gears and talk more about the restaurant business itself and sort of your, the lens through which you look at it as, as the CEO. And, and to me, the restaurant business just seems hard. There's just no other way, just hard. And so, you know, between inventory and people and all the things. So what do you think, if you can think of two or three specific approaches that you take that you think helps make tag successful? What are those? Um, you've got to know your people, know your numbers. Um, so a quick story. I had been cooking, I don't know, 20 years, something. So I'm 48. So at 38, I was, or maybe 36, I said, hey, I'm gonna, I want to start my own restaurant. Okay, let's do that. How do I do it? I don't, I don't know how. I know how to cook. I don't know how to run a restaurant. So I hired, I went on the internet, hired this company to help me build my performa. Then I talked to a bunch of people. Then I had to find the space. Then I had to find the money. And it, it, it was a big, long ordeal. More time like than, how long and, than that anybody whole thing realizes. Take? What was that, what was it that probably timeline? takes three years, two and a half years. Um, and then 08 hit. So luckily... Um, you know, my partners were great and they continued funding me, but they could easily, um, bailed and said, Hey, we're not going to do this. But, um, you know, here we are in Larimer 10 years later, we just celebrated our 10 year anniversary in May, but I had a good partner in Jeff Hermanson who owns Larimer square. And, uh, he believed in me and a couple other guys and we did it on a shoestring budget. It wasn't like my dream restaurant, but I think it turned out pretty good. I wanted something timeless. I got this beautiful stone, this awesome brick upstairs, exposed ceilings, wood floor, open kitchen. Everything in that kitchen was used. Every dining room table was used, refurbished. Um, you know, we opened that restaurant for $500,000. Now, in this day and age, it probably cost $2.5 million plus. So we did do it well, but it taught me a lot how to, I can go online and buy any new chair, but I've got to now go around and find the used one and, you know, balance my checkbook out and, Hey, this is all I have. So I I hear from a lot of people and I felt this, I experienced it too, that sometimes not having cash makes you creative. It does. Same with my designers, like stop looking at all this new stuff. Find me some cool old shit, right? That makes it cooler. Or the budget's tighter you got to use your mind a little bit it's always cool to go in oh this looks all this looks nice but i think you get more creative when you have less so that's what we did and then we paid off the restaurant in 12 months and my owners were like oh my god we love you so um then the next opportunity came and we did well and it's just kind of um taken off on its own so so what's that look like you can't it sounds like you couldn't have really started this just bootstrapping. You needed some outside investment, right? I mean, is that, right. is that typical? I mean, anybody who wants to be Troy Guard has to have investors now. 
I think so. Or it's family expensive. Members. I would say yeah. do a, go do a, a food hall first. It's less money to get in there. You get a taste of trying something new in a small environment. Uh, that's why food halls are so successful right now and so fun. And we're about to open our yeah. first food hall next year too. Yeah, it's so. called it's a commissary concept, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So it's you, on uh, I twenty five in Arapahoe in the yeah. old CB Pot so store. That's a that's a interesting. When when I heard about the location of that, I I had to wonder because we think about you know in any kind of business, well not any kind, but any kind that deals with consumers or customers, right? B to B to C, it's location, location, location. And so I'm thinking, how come you're not just doing like a restaurant, a new concept in the coolest hot, you know, part of town. And you're going down, yeah, but you're going down to the suburbs now. And that to me is like, okay, that's interesting. Right. But what, how do you decide that that's okay now? Um, well, I, when I first did tag, I had lived in so many great cities and I knew I wanted to be in the downtown Denver city. I wanted to be though kind of in a neighborhood cause I want locals, not just all tourists or business people. And so Larimer was a great neighborhood downtown spot close to the convention center theater pepsi center etc condos and then it just kind of blew up and at the time 10 12 or you know if we're looking 12 13 years ago before it opened because you had to do your homework um larimer was the only spot Mm -hmm. besides maybe cherry creek so um everyone said where do you go you go to larimer square now there's rhino there's highlands there's union station there's it, it there's just so many places right so the pot has dwindled a little bit but we still do fantastic down here on larimer and i i love it down here it's historic and yeah you can walk to everything and you know, when there's conventions in town, it's it's really awesome. When there's not, it's still great. Sports going on, so. Yeah, I wonder, like, I look around, it's like every block is like six restaurants. <laughs> so how do you, like, it, it, at some point, don't you reach a saturation point where restaurants are just going to struggle? It doesn't seem I like I think we're kind of getting there. I think there's a lot of restaurants. Um, you'll probably be surprised with some of the ones that are probably going to get through this holiday season and maybe start to change or drop off. Mr. Tuna is one of them. We've been open three years and we've just, uh, November 2nd will be our last day. It's on Brighton Boulevard. And I asked everybody, every broker, every friend, what do you think of this place? Oh yeah, it's new and hot. It's an A-plus location. Even Jeff Hermanson said it's an A-plus location, and sure enough, it didn't work out. So, um, so you're I have to um, you know, kind of scold the city a little bit. They did road construction for two years. That yeah, didn't that help was out. brutal along, along and, Brighton uh, Boulevard. Really you brutal. Know, yeah. they, don't, they don't give you anything for that. It's just like, hey, how you doing? We're going to mess up this road right now. So um, you know, the first seven months we opened, we were doing great profitability and good numbers. And as soon as that hit, people changed where they're going to drive. I know when Cherry Creek happened, I don't think I went to Cherry Creek for at least a year. I was like, I'm not going over there because it's a zoo. Um, So I think the same thing happened here and people changed their direction, even though it's back open it's it's mm-hmm. doesn't have the same feel it's yeah. a little bit different so so and question, people are just ooh, yeah question by. for you about that i mean it it, it has a, a tough it's a tough thing to close a business that you started sure. isn't it i mean it's tarnishes my ego right God. well that's what i'm asking i'm, I'm more uh, you know i'm not Does uh, it? superman so but you know what at the end of the day some people will be like oh man are you really you're gonna close this like 
I'd be an idiot if I'm not going to close it. I don't want to continue to lose money every month just because I want to look cool. That doesn't help. So what we did is we've been talking about it and we're going to change it to a name called Commissary. So it's going to do some commissary work for some of our restaurants in there, Boo Boo in particular, which is our quick casual that we're opening our third one next year. Does really well. And also we're going to do it as a pop-up event space, uh, special events like this tag underground. We do a lot of parties. If they're booked out, hey, why don't you go to commissary? Garden Grace, always booked out. Why don't you go to commissary? So I think it has some legs and we're going to try it out. And you got to kind of be a chameleon and recreate yourself a mm-hmm. little bit and yep. you get knocked down, pick yourself back up. Now we could lose again, but I don't want to give up on the space. I love the space. I think the location still, we're a little bit early. And I, th- I think someone told me once the settlers or the pioneers get the arrows and the settlers get the gold or something like yeah, that. Yeah. So we got a lot of the arrows. <laughs> cool. Hey, uh, one more time for the listeners. This is Proco 360. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. And I'm speaking with Troy Gard of Tag Restaurant Group with a live audience. Go to Proco360.com to subscribe to the newsletter, read my blog, and catch the books I'm listening to on Audible. And whatever podcast app you're using, will you please help the show by submitting a review either right now or immediately following this episode? That helps a ton. If a tree falls in the woods and no one hears it, well, that's sort of the same thing. If you listen to Proco360 and don't leave a review, are you really a listener? So moving on. That's a good one. Yeah, thank you. I've got... um, this thing is, this question drives me nuts as I was thinking about talking with you. It's like most restaurateurs go after one concept. They want one concept. And you've got multiple concepts, everything from really beautiful, um, uh, trendy food, like a tag to boo-boo, which I ate at today and it was fabulous. Thank you. And, um, which is a fast, casual concept. And, and um, why do you do that? I'm crazy. <laughs> Okay, well, that was... So, I I I mean, chefs, we're creative. Most people are. I mean, Roy stuck to one thing. He opened 40 restaurants, and that's kind of boring to me. Like, I want to do new new and diverse things. So I'm always trying to push the envelope and um, try new things. And uh, I'm, I'm... excited that we do it. Sometimes our staff don't like it because it is a lot of work. Um, even though I've opened a ton of restaurants, each concept is so new and different. So you gotta, you gotta think of a hundred different new things. Is this just, is it to keep you stimulated as a chef and as a business owner? Yeah. I I don't know, Beth and Sydney, what would you guys say? I mean, we're probably working on (laughs) four new concepts right now, six new restaurants. Wow. So, um, yeah, I just, I got to keep busy. Yeah. So I, I mentioned I was at Boo Boo for lunch today, and I saw a bulldog. And and I know bulldogs are your thing, but I asked Mitchie there, like, what's this, you know, tell me about the bulldog. She, oh, she said, that's our trophy. So she told me, talk about that. That's pretty cool. So um, before I opened Tag, I got a bulldog, um, and his name was Tag. It's my initials, but I thought I'd never get a chance to open my own restaurant. So I named my bulldog Tag. And then when we got a chance to open the restaurant, he became our mascot. So he was on our menus, our t-shirts, statues everywhere. It's just kind of tongue in cheek. We don't want to take ourselves too seriously. Um, And then we created the Bulldog Award. And every quarter we give it out to um, one of the concepts or restaurants that does really well on their health inspections. They do really well on Yelp reviews. They do really well on 
living the core values, and we have seven of them. Um, just the team that does well on their numbers. Um, but it's not just focused on numbers. I mean, we can all fudge the numbers and make them good, but you got to have great personality, great hospitality. Numbers are up in your restaurant. People love working for you. You got low, low turnover. So they won the Bulldog Award. They get uh, money, lunch, um, bragging yeah, sure. rights. They had so. pizza in the back when I was there, actually. Yeah. They said, yeah, Troy gave us a pizza party. I'm like, what a coincidence. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I'm kind of going to wrap up towards the the official part of this interview sure. and get ready with your questions, please. But I got a couple more for you, which is keeping focused on the theme of Proco 360, which is world-class entrepreneurs who choose Colorado. What have you found about Colorado as your home, even as you're expanding now out of the state? What have you found about uh, as far as Colorado? Well, when I came here about 18 years ago, the reason why I came here is I had lived in so many busy cities, you know, New York, Tokyo, Singapore, Hong Kong, et cetera. I was like, I need to like, whew, slow it down a little bit. And I came here, didn't know anything about it. Um, I actually uh, worked for Richard Sandoval first at Tamayo, and then I opened Zango down in Riverfront Park. Um, but I just, I grew to like it really fast. Great people, great weather. Um, I felt like more of a big fish in a small pond. And I knew this place would kind of take off. And so um, it, it was nice to settle here. Um, I think the community here is amazing. Chefs, restaurateurs, uh, even business people, everybody get together, they share, they help, they teach, they, um, uh, the community's strong in mm -hmm. charity. Yeah. Um, is, the, is the restaurant business as collaborative as we see in other sectors like tech and, and others? I think so. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I can call up anybody right now, hopefully, and get a reservation if they're sold out or, um, you know, if I need them to help me do an event. Um, everyone's pretty cool about that. Neat. So you already mentioned you've got three kids and uh, Garden Grace is named after one of them, right? Yep. My 10-year-old uh, daughter, yeah, Grace. That's cool. So when you think, when you talk about work at home, during that 30 minutes or whatever yeah. you get to do that. I mean, how do you, how do you share what you do and your work ethic and your work values with your kids? It's a good question. You know, uh, growing up, like I said, oldest of five kids, um, if I wanted, uh, you know, a cassette tape or something cool, I had to go buy that myself. So, Obviously, I want to give my kids a lot more than what I had. And it Why do you say that? Why obviously? Because aren't we dealing with that right now where people, parents are giving their kids a lot? I mean, shit, my mom was so strict. My parents so strict. And I, I want to take care of them and, and, and be a little bit different. But I also want to set the tone and set the rules. Yeah. And they have chores. Like we have chickens in our, in our yard. So Grace has to go out and get the eggs, you know. And <laughs> we have a dog, you know, Grace and Jagger, who's five, have to give them food and water that gets a little messy sometimes but um you know you got to make your bed and read every night and uh, you know just help out and you know when it snowed last year i said okay guys let's get your shovel we're gonna go uh shovel some you know sidewalks and driveways oh no i don't want to do that uh, yeah well, we're gonna go knock on doors and we're gonna you know luckily we, we live in stapleton everybody needs a shoveler out there and they made like 15 bucks each last time and I think the self-accomplishment and knowing that you did that yourself, I think 
there's no price for that, right? So obviously they're going to be a little bit spoiled coming into the restaurant scene and the restaurant business like this. And Grace always says, oh, I'm going to be the owner someday. And it's like, well, you're going to be the dishwasher someday. (laughs) And then you can work your way up. So, um, you know, just reality and, uh, you know, try to do the best I can. That's cool. Um, I think it's a good time to get some questions from the audience. Uh, I hope some of you have them. Raise your oh, please, Chris. And would you go back to the mic, please? Um, say your name and then fire away. Hi, I'm I'm Chris Clark, Total Coaching Systems. Uh, you mentioned seven values or core principles yep. that are important. Can you? Tell us what they are and elaborate on where they came from. Totally, yeah. So when we start at TAG, we're a restaurant, but you have to have some meaning when you go into it. What are we doing? Yeah, we're making great food. We're serving people, but you got to have what we call pico. And I didn't even realize it at the time, but it was passion, imagination, courage, caring, humility. What else? Harmony, ownership. And so, you know, you, you have to have that. And I, and I tell the managers when they interview people, does this person have these qualities? If they don't, they're not going to work for us, right? If you're just here for a paycheck, go next door. You can still serve food there. You got to have these things. Nothing makes me feel more excited and proud than seeing um, a dishwasher move to a prep cook or a server move to a manager or a manager own their own place. Like, that's pretty awesome. Just last week, uh, we had a sous chef that worked for us for five years, and he moved back to Jersey and opened his own restaurant. I couldn't make it for the opening, but it was his one-year anniversary. So my wife and I got on a plane, surprised him, and showed up. And, you know, he was crying. It was pretty awesome. But, you know, that's the kind of cool stuff that you see. We touched that guy's life, and now he's doing something great, and he has a family, and he's doing amazing things. So the core values is, to me, what it's all about. You have to have that substance. So you look at successful things like I like sports a lot, New England Patriots, right? They got got this system. You may like them or not like them, but, damn, they're always good, right? And Tom Brady's, what, 60 years old, still kicking butt, so... (laughs) So is tag like the New England Patriots uh, I mean, in the restaurant business? You know, business? we're tough. You know, some people like us, some people don't. If you ask around the street, Troy's really tough. I'm super fair and I'll do anything. I'll give you, you know, money out of my wallet if I need to. And um, I think that goes a long way. Some people get it and some people don't. <clears throat> but um, it's really about the core values and the vision. So cool. Thanks for asking. Besides your core values, what do you think is the secret to retaining yourself? How do you keep people engaged? How That's do you a great question, on? too, because some people are like, God, Troy, you have so much turnover. It's, we, we, we had our all, every quarter we get every manager from every restaurant together. So there's maybe 55 managers that get together. And um, we had the chefs pull up some numbers, and I think it was like 70-plus percent turnover rate in restaurants, 130 in quick casual. So just imagine that's HR's got a busy, busy day every day, interviewing, hiring, firing, documentation, et cetera. So I think we went down this year, um, was our first year that we went down to maybe 50%. Was that right? Something like that. So to be honest, I don't know why we went down. I just think we try to do the, give us as many benefits as we can um, 
do the ownership part of the core values, give people ownership to do what they need to do, uh, growth opportunities, um, and try to be the employer of choice, really. But we lost a lot of people this year, too, who had been with me five, six, seven years, and like, what's going on? Well, this guy's paying me more over here, and this guy offered me more over here. And, you know, um, did you expect them to like come talk to you and say, Thank you. you know, I, this is my okay, offer. This, and- this is what I say every time when this happens. And we had a guy uh, who was a couple years older than me. So 52 old man. I interviewed him for six months. We brought him out here from Florida. He was a high ranking person in our, in our company and he worked for us for 10 months and he said, hey, boss, I got to talk to you. Hey, um, I got to leave. I got another job. I'm like, what are you talking about? I just, I did everything you wanted. Gave you the salary you, you wanted. Gave you the bonus you wanted. Gave you the job you wanted. I mean, t- tell me what happened. Well, you know, they just contacted me and I said, well, didn't you tell me you're happy? Yeah, but I just had to look at it. It's like, I understand it. Someone comes to you, but like, you can, to me, I can get a job anywhere. We can all get jobs anywhere. At least in the hospitality business, everybody's looking for someone. They're always can, you can always make more money, but I want to be somewhere where I'm liked. I'm appreciative. I can move up. I enjoy the food. I enjoy the people. So it really kind of bummed me out. And, and another thing I said, you're a grown ass man with a family and you can't come to me and say, Hey boss, I have this decision here. What do you think? Like, not one person, actually, there is one person. He still works with us five years. His name's Sam, and he's amazing. He came one time and he said, Hey, I got this opportunity. What do you think? I said, You know what? I will never tell anyone to stay or leave. I'll just give you my thoughts and opinion, and then you make your own decision. Luckily, he stayed with us because two months later, that restaurant closed. So, um, and I remind them all the time about <laughs> I'm sure that. You do. <laughs> Uh, we got time for one more question. So, Anybody have one? Okay, come on up. Thank you, Kirsten. Sorry, I didn't really talk a lot of business, more stories, but there are I got to talk about community banks. They rock, so thank you. <laughs> there you go. Hi, I'm Kirsten, and that story that you shared about being fired from Cocos after four years over one decision really struck me and I wonder how it affected your leadership style as you came to the place you are today you mentioned that you're tough but also fair and I'm just wondering how often you think back to that that um event that happened to you getting fired over that and how you handle um situations with your staff members maybe making a mistake or slipping up like you did and yeah how how is your leadership style affected by that thank you Kirsten yep Kirsten? Kirsten. Kirsten, sorry. Thank you. Um, I think it had a huge impact on me. Um, I've had to fire a few people for stealing as well. Um, I am like to think I'm a second, third, fourth chance person sometimes if I really like you, which I mostly like most of my employees. But, um, you know, I just, I, I try to give them my stories of what happened to me. Um, I think people can relate more as like, Hey, don't do this. Well, tell me why not to do this or Hey, do it this way. Well, tell me why this way is better. I always like when there's like, for instance, this one time, or I like, I like stories cause I can relate to them more like that. So I try to do that. Um, give them the big picture. Um, really 
again, I think it molded me. I never did anything crazy like that. I mean, I remember, I know this sounds crazy, but I've only called in sick once in my whole life. And I was like 20 and I went to a Guns N' Roses concert and I felt bad the whole time, but I had to do it with my buddies. I never did it again. And seriously, like I have to be on my deathbed if I'm not going to come to work. Um, so I just have that instilled in me and, um, yeah, it just, it shook me up and I was like, how could you do this? And I try to just instill that in people like, Hey, this isn't your money. You know, everyone, there's so much breakage in the restaurant and I used to keep track of it. Hey guys, we, we had to spend $600 in breakage. So, you know, we don't do this or I try to come up with games. Hey, we only got 200 in the breakage. We get a pizza party this month, you know, try to think of different ways it's going to happen and that's part of being the business owner but um you know trying to make them understand if if we can save more money and there's more money to the bottom line you might get more bonuses you might get bigger raises you might get more parties i'm giving out nuggets tickets tomorrow to one of my staff i gave out tickets last week for something and you're pointing to me yeah you want some (laughs) (laughs) um you know i just you got to have a, a good staff and really ground them and let them know what's going on. But I appreciate that question. Cool. Well, I've got my last question. I, I, yep. I asked earlier, but I'm going to come right back to it. So, yeah, why would anyone in the right mind do what you're doing? But more importantly, what should, be we, what should we be watching for, both from Tag Restaurant Group and the industry in, in Colorado over the next several years? Well, first of all, I think Denver is really – on fire right now, as you guys can see. I mean, I, I just went to Tavernetta the other day. Anyone been down there? Great restaurant. They do amazing uh, food and service. And, you know, I was thinking five years ago, there was nothing back there. And it's like a city down there. And all these cranes and all these people moving here. And, um, you know, the marijuana business and the train to the airport. And I mean, this, this city is just, every time you turn around, it's something new and different, which is exciting. But Denver as a culinary scene is is really, I think, on the map right now. I mean, Top Chef was filmed here a couple years ago. Um, you know, every year taxes go up, rents go up, triple nets go up, minimum wages going up. Um, so we're just trying to find new ways to continue to do what we love while still giving a great um, value to the guest. And it, it's it's a tough juggling act uh, a lot of times. So, But Denver's on fire. I love being here. It's a great community. And um, my goal is to be a $100 million company in five years or four years now. So, um, And hopefully I can get there. Very good. Well, I'm going to wrap us up right here. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. And today on Proco 360, you've been listening to my live audience conversation with Troy Gard. Chef, restaurateur, and CEO of Tag Restaurant Group. Thank you, Troy. It's been great. Thanks, Dave. That was fun. Thanks for joining me on Proco 360, where we say live, work, love Colorado, because you and I and my guests can be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. You make the show successful by subscribing to the Proco 360 podcast and submitting a review. Thanks again to Tag for hosting us. Thanks to today's event sponsor, Community Banks of Colorado. And thanks to Proco 360 sponsors, MicroStar Keg Logistics, Kinsley Meetings, Total Coaching Systems, and the Colorado Chamber of Commerce. A special thanks to my Proco 360 guests here today in the audience. Really appreciate you being here to join me. And, of course, to the amazing Matt Legg, my sound and recording engineer. Hey, Matt. 
That's the show Live Work Love Colorado. 